They may sound nuts, but so do the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back into It's Just Sports here on the 12 Ounce Sports Radio Network. I'm Rick Flieger, as always, joined by my octogenarian friend, if I could spit that out, Mr. Rick Briggs. It doesn't pay to be mean. Well, it's what I do. It's kind of my thing. Now, what if I came on here and said, and welcome in my best buddy and pal, the greatest guy you ever met, Rick Briggs. How would you react to that? I'd probably have to put on a mask because you obviously have the flu or something. You would take your headphones off, throw them at me, and (laughs) run out of the studio. That's what you'd do. But, hey, for more great content like this, right, sports content as you're here and here, check it out, all of it out over at 12OunceSportsRadio.com and at on Twitter at twelve O Z Sports. That's at twelve ounce sports. You better believe it. We are Flinger Briggs and you know what? Don't get excited because it's just sports, but you know it's calmed down a little bit since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, I mean, we have a little bit of college basketball going on. So uh, I'm <clears throat> I'm a little more excited about it than you are. You kind of like the the three or four dominant teams the favorites going in, and can somebody knock them off? I'm kind of pumped up for, like, this open field where there are, I would say, legitimately 15 to 20 teams that you could actually make a case that they could actually win the tournament. Well, right, and let me clarify. In about, what, three weeks here, when conference tournaments begin, this is going to be ideal. Right, because you're going to see. We don't even have to wait for the NCAA tournament. I think we're going to see madness in the conference tournaments. That's when it's going to be great. I assume the NCAA tournament's going to be great. Although you could make an argument, then this will be the year it'll all go chalk. If there's every year, every one seed <laughs> gets through because this one looks so wide open. But I think what this does do is kind of. Here's what I feel like. There aren't any big upsets this year, so it kind of makes the regular season less interesting. It's a fun watch because you don't know what you're going to get game over game, week over week, no matter who you're paying attention to, what conference. But nothing's a shock. I do like a, a Duke or a Kentucky, you know, at this point of the year being undefeated. San Diego State being undefeated, while a great thing – that doesn't really trip my trigger at this point of the season. Right. I'll get interested in that in once we get to the tournament. But nothing surprises me, you know. If Miami goes into Duke and wins, I'm not going to be stunned, you know. In other years, I'd be like, "Holy cow! How right. did that just happen?" Well, that's true. You're exactly right. There's, you know, you could pick a team, say like Missouri, whatever they are, twelve and thirteen or whatever. But if they up and upset Baylor. It's not like we would go, oh, my God, like you would, like you're talking about a few years ago if a Duke or a Carolina or a right, Kansas yeah. would get beat by somebody of that ilk. Yeah, that that's all it is. But I think come conference tournament time, it, it, it's going to be exciting. Oh, I think it's going to be but, great. But you're right. You look top, and maybe it's just the names. You know, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Baylor, San Diego State, Dayton, Kansas, we throw them in there are that dominant. Maybe it's because it's Baylor, San Diego State, and Dayton. I have a hard time believing it. Gonzaga, I left Gonzaga out, of course. who They're not going to lose again until potentially they get to the NC. Maybe it's just the names where you feel like it's wide open, and maybe these teams are that good. I've watched Baylor a little bit. I still don't know much about them, but they, they look impressive, don't they? I mean, wow. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it. The week, the, the second game of the year, whatever, back in November 8th, they lost to a 
eh, very, very average Washington team. But that that was their second game of the year. You know, since then they haven't lost. But just going through the schedule, they beat Villanova. They beat Arizona. They beat Butler. They've beaten Texas twice. They've beaten Kansas by 12. Um, They've beaten Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. They've beaten Iowa State twice. Um, Oklahoma State twice, I guess I should say, as as far as that goes. They swept Texas. I mean, these aren't the juggernauts that we're used to talking about, but these are pretty good teams. And, I mean, they're spanking them. Yeah, yeah. It's a dominant – it's a big team. It's an athletic team. I feel the same way about Gonzaga. I think going into this thing – yeah, they feel like the favorite to me. Now, you always have that issue. Have they faced stiff enough competition? Because they always play now, you know, since they've become, you know, a, a consistently top-tier team. They play a real tough schedule in November, in the first part of December. Right. But then they're basically on bye until March then, it feels like. Every now and again, St. Mary's will be good. St. Mary's is no good this year. They can't even keep them within 20, which it right. used to be when St. Mary's would only lose by 17 to Gonzaga. It's, All right, well, there's their test. So... It's all, but they feel like the dominant team. It's probably just that you know Duke can be bad by anybody. Judged by that, I'm still stunned by what I saw on Saturday with Duke and Carolina. As bad as Carolina has been, and Duke lost that game twice and right. still came out of there with a win. Maybe that's a hard, maybe that's a good thing. Well, that's for the that. thing though. But that's Duke and Carolina, right? Exactly. That wasn't Duke and and Georgia Tech. I mean that was Duke and Carolina, where anything can happen. These these are bitter rivals from since when I was a child, right? And you know how long ago that yeah, was. We're real long. We're talking exactly. silent movies, it, you know. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you throw in Florida State, you throw in your Louisville's, you throw in your Virginias, Pitt, and, and et cetera. It's a tough conference, right? And you know, you know, I'm a little partial, but I tell you what, as the season rolls on, Louisville's looking like a real heavy coming into this tournament. Somehow they're down doing too. this quietly. Yeah, they're they're really running through the the ACC's down in terms of the top to bottom, right? And Duke isn't what they normally are, and Carolina's been outright bad, and Virginia kind of dealing with the fallout of the championship. They're struggling. Syracuse is no good. There, there's kind of you know Louisville. Duke, Florida State, and then there's a big clump in the middle, and then the end of the conference is really bad. So so it's down a little bit. So I think Louisville gets disrespected. I've seen them in person once already. I've watched them more than I'd like to on TV, as I'm not a Louisville fan like you are. But that, that's a tough – that's a team that can match up with anybody. Right. Now, they can lose to anybody. I see, like I said, they should have lost to Pitt twice. They got bailed out by some calls. Right. They got bailed out by some ba- – freshman mistakes in the last two minutes of games by a pit team i've seen it against other teams they can be had but they can match up with anybody that the athletically size wise they can shoot the ball they they can score they can go inside and score that that's a team if you're looking for uh i don't know does louisville count as a blue blood they're right on the edge of it if they're not yeah. they're they're kind of right th- that's a traditional power that might slide in as a two seed maybe even a three seed depending on how the conference goes that should be among the favorites to win that who I would favor them over a Dayton as good as Dayton's been I would favor them over a San Diego State even as they sit undefeated that'd be the kind of team I think would somebody like that would run into and would take them out and and no disrespect but you're gonna I I am not 
I, I can't buy into San Diego State. I love what they're doing, don't get me wrong. But you just look at the schedule and you look at an ACC schedule well, right. or yeah. you look at even an A-10 schedule and it just doesn't match up. Right. And, you know, I mean, you take a Dayton at 21-2, and two, they've had more impressive wins in the A-10 yeah. than San Diego State has. Yeah, A-10's been reasonable. Even Duquesne. Yeah, I mean, Rhode, I- Rhode Island's good, an 18-win team right now. St. Bonaventure's won 16. Richmond, VCU, Duquesne, and St. Louis have all won 17 games. Yeah. I mean, there's some quality matchups in that conference. Yeah, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a tough matchup there. So, so it'll be interesting to see. But it's kind of hard, I guess the point is, to find storylines right now. When we get into conference tournament play, you're not going to be able to shut me up about it. But until then, there's not a lot of storylines because nothing really surprises me this year. When I'm sitting here and my top five include Baylor, San Diego State, and Dayton, it's really hard to surprise me with the outcome of any <laughs> random conference game in the, in the middle of the week right now. Oh, it's, I agree. So it, it'll be great in a couple of weeks, but right now it's it's just sort Man, of We've hard got, to... what, about three weeks left in the season. Yeah, well, we'll and then the March Madness starts and, and then uh, – and this is when you and I start getting giddy. We, you know, once we get through what the NCAA AA starts, then we get the Masters, which just you know I'll yeah. pull my underwear up over my head oh, for absolutely. that one, and and then we have like the NFL draft, which isn't that big of a deal, but at least at least that's out of the way. Now yeah. we know, okay, well the Steelers picked up so and so, the Broncos picked up so and so, and and things of that nature. Um, NHL playoffs will be coming up, you know, and they go through basically training Man. camp, and then uh, it starts rolling with football. Yeah, yeah. So we can get through the the slog of the MLB season. Now, for those of you that are new to, um, you know, it's just sports. You know, my partner Rick and I, we are based in Western Pennsylvania, and we'll probably not be real heavy into baseball. Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates have a $43 million payroll. And, imagine? I mean, we can count the, you know, the losses to 100 and, you know, and, and see how quickly they can get there. But I'll tell you what, it, it, it's just a dismal, bleak outlook as far as I'm concerned. How does the league allow that to go on? I don't know. You know, I can live with, and I think the league can live with the old Florida, now Miami Marlins model. Where they'll do that, right? They'll, 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 their payroll will be seven sandwiches and a pack of gum for three years. And then all of a sudden, they'll whip up and they'll bring in every big name free agent and they'll make a two year run at it and then poof, let it go again. Right. Pittsburgh doesn't do it. And then somehow, through duct tape and smoke and mirrors and popsicle sticks and miracles, they go on a three year run where they're competing for the division, they're going to the wild card game. And as they're winning a division or competing for a division, they're selling off pieces. And then right. they're one or two players away, and then rather than acquire those one they or get two rid players, of a couple. they get rid of more, and now they go in a full-blown tank mode, and then Major League Baseball and its fans and the Pittsburgh Pirate fans are supposed to believe, well, now we're taking the Astros model where we're ripping it down. Yeah. And we're, no, you're not. You've it's, been doing it for 15 <laughs> yeah. years. 30. And, well, 30, point. yeah, but I mean – Actually, the second time, you right. know, from when they actually thought, okay, we've got a good team, and they kept losing yeah. the playoff game. But, you know, now we're rebuilding yet again, and it just it, – it's 
they just not going to unless you start paying people. Well, and I'm sorry. If, and look, I have no sympathy for the Yankees, the Red Sox, the I think the Rangers fit into that court. court the, well, anyhow, Dodgers of the world, right? But if I'm one of these franchises who, to build up loser franchises like exist in Pittsburgh, I have to pay a luxury tax to run my business, and then this clown takes the money. So all the TV revenue's coming from me. It ain't coming out of Pittsburgh. Right. So I'm giving you your fair share of my TV money. I'm paying you a luxury tax because I'm trying to compete, and then you're rolling out a $43 million dollar payroll if i'm the other owners this clown's gone you're you're out of here if i'm the league we are shutting you down i don't obviously there's nothing in an agreement anywhere that they can force them to do that but this really is an embarrassment as the league pumps these smaller markets up now that's not the solution and we can talk about that another day in terms of salary caps and blah blah and all the things that should be happening but this is the mlb's method to keep these smaller markets i'm doing saying that in air quotes afloat and then this guy is just taking all that money shoving it into his back pocket putting a new ski lift at the resort he owns here in western pennsylvania and putting out a 43 million dollar payroll if i'm the league if i'm the other owners i'm saying no stop no this this is nonsense (laughs) i'm not doing it and now baseball and yet another feeble attempt to to bolster the ever-failing product yeah, a report surfaced Monday that Major League Baseball is seriously considering a new playoff format. I don't know if you've seen this. It was on my list to 14, go over today. 14 of 30 teams make the playoffs. <laughs> and, you know, the, the new wild card round would be three-game series. Well, they did that back when they first turned into divisions. Yeah, the divisionals were three. Were they three the first time around? Way back in the in the late 60s, early 70s when they – first time they had divisions it was best two out of three well they didn't have divisional rounds so you mean no no you had a division champion play the east played the west okay and and it was a two out of three series to see who went to the world Series. oh okay okay i'm fine i'm talking about since they went to this method with the wild card the divisional i'm trying to remember what yeah don't you remember i think it was three and then went to five because it's five now 84 now, you're going back way too far. I'm talking this well, most can, recent iteration. Well, 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 yeah, maybe that was still Division Two. I, I just remember the 84 Cubs no, ahead the 80s, of the Padres, two to nothing, and they lost three in a row, and, of course, the Padres got spanked in the 80s, in the it Series. was East and West, and then – but anyhow, so yeah, you're right. So, but this thing's nonsense. You know, first of all, let's just put that out of there. No, number one, let's start, and we'll break it down to what this thing is and all the absurdity along the way. You play a 162 game season. It already ends in the middle of November now that you've added the one. Which is wild- ludicrous <laughs> if you think about it, because they've had 162 games since I think like. 54 or 59 or something like that. They went from 154 games to 162. And, you know, the World Series is over in October. Right, yeah. Well, it's there's more off days. There's They used to play doubleheaders right. back then, right, things like that. So you're already playing 162 games. You've added uh, – I don't want to say you've added two rounds of playoffs. You really added one, one day with the wild card game. 
and then an extra, you know, an extra round of playoffs and then the divisional series. And there seems to be more time off in between those. So now you're doing this where there's essentially going to be, you know, what, three, three game series. And then is it a five? I don't even know where they're going. Then the two, seven game series, it's going to be December before this thing ends. Look, I get what, they're trying to do right they're trying to capitalize on what the nhl does what the nba does e- even what football to a degree by having wild cards and having that wild card round of the playoffs but i'm sorry when you have a sport where you play every day and you play 162 games where you know we're talking about how bad the pirates are going to be they are guaranteed rick to win 45 or 50 games they're the Yankees, right. the Red Sox, the Astros, whoever's great this year is guaranteed to lose 40 because this is what happens when you sure. play every when you play a 162 game season, you don't need half your league in the playoffs. No. It invalidates your entire regular season. Your regular season's almost invalid as it is by being that long. That's why it always made sense to me the wild card thing as much as those are fun games to watch, the intensity of a one and done kind of situation, but when you play 162 games, you're letting it shake out already. And that's why I liked, you know, before in the old two-division format that right. I grew up with, and the East played the West, that was your championship series, and they went on to the Worlds, and that was it. Right. And it made sense because you play 160 year on every day for seven months yeah, as it is. and that exponentially – makes more sense than we've had this argument in previous shows on on our other shows where I've always had the problem in college basketball where everybody gets to play in the tournament. And if somebody happened to get hot for three games, all of a sudden they're the conference champion. If somebody's 30 and one, you're not the champion. Right. Well, that kind of stuff invalidates an excellent season. This this is even way worse. Oh, 162 oh. games, and, and and some of the notes from the story in 2014, uh, the Braves and Mets would have been in the wild card at 79 and 83. Oh, certainly. I mean that that's ludicrous. 162 games, you win 79 games, and now oh, we'll let you play three games, and maybe you can go advance. I mean that's ludicrous. The Reds would have made it. Um, before that at 80 and 82. It, it just validates a mediocre season for teams with low payrolls to try to generate interest and, of course, more revenue because right. they'll be on TV longer and they'll be playing into December. Yeah, and, and here's what it does in that regard, and this is kind of where I don't like the playoff structure as it is right now as well. Now, the championship series and the World Series are still strategy. I don't like that divisional round. The wild card certainly in the divisional round. If I have a team that I know I can run around 500 under the even the current structure, but certainly in this new structure, I can finish around 500. And then all I need, if I can go out in free agency or whatever, and I can come up with two studs starting pitchers like like it was the nationals formula this year really and then they were able to take it through the lcs in the world series but it sets you up you're that team under four four games under 500 the mets would be a perfect example with syndergaard and i'm blanking on the other ones but you have two studs you get in a three-game series you're going to advance and then you get in a five-game series 
you're going to advance. Now, right. maybe it catches up with you in the LCS, but you get a good balanced team who maybe doesn't have that starting pitching that wins their division over 162 games and needing five, six, even seven starting pitchers to do it. You get knocked out in a three-game series, whereas you'd be a better matchup for anybody else in a seven-game right. series. That's the point of 162 games. That's your playoff, right? August and September are your playoffs as far as I'm concerned. And I get what they're trying to do, and people would watch it. But but and then this nonsense where, so, you know, the top-rated team gets the bye. So that would make sense, right? And then the second-highest division winner gets to pick their opponent out it's of the wild ludicrous. card. What it's is this ludicrous. nonsense? It, it, it's, it's a video game. It, it's, well, I'm <laughs> going to play pick, this you, guy. Yeah, we match up better. He, with the- yeah, he has more righties, and I've got more left-handed pitchers or whatever. I, I want to play this. It, it's ludicrous. They're turning it into a cartoon show. I, I just can't. And, and you know me in baseball. I have been angry at baseball since 1994. And, yeah. and this just – in. Feeds the rage, and it, it. I'm sorry, it is. They have screwed baseball up oh, yeah. to a point where, okay, and, and this is what really gets me. You go back to the '90s, the steroid era. It saved baseball, absolutely. And now with this faux integrity, <laughs> Barry Bonds doesn't get into the right. Hall of Fame. And you won't see McGuire and Sosa and all these kind of guys because they cheated. You let them. You 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 yeah, you, you, you enjoyed that they saved your game. Absolutely. Period. And now they have this this integrity. You know, well, the the integrity of the game and, and the Astros. You know, we've already covered that. You know, the, the the Astros fiasco. The players are unscathed. Right. It's insane. They well, did it. Yeah. And this is where the league can't quit stepping on their own joint. Yeah, there's another phrase there my granddad liked to use, but I won't say it here on 12-pound sports. But they keep stepping on themselves with things like this. Because that's a perfect point, right? The, that steroid era, as much as we act at, like to act now, like that is just unfathomable and so yeah. horrible to the integrity of the game. It saved the game after that strike year. Of course it did. It raised it up. Everybody, everybody enjoyed the increased revenue, the increased viewership, everything that came from it. And then they kind of slammed the door on it and said, that's terrible. That's not going to fly anymore. And then, you know, we kind of go through the early 2000s of at least people where we, you know, people in New York and Boston aren't going to understand this, but people here in Western PA, people in Kansas City, people in places like that, you know, we talk about as the league clumsily tried to find ways to keep things like that, teams like that competitive. And then here it comes, right? from the depths, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Here's the Houston Astros who did it right. The Houston Astros who tore it all down and used analytics because everybody wants analytics. Yeah, they use analytics, all right. Analytics and player development and all these things. Now we hold them up. Look, you Pittsburgh, you Kansas City, you Seattle, whoever it is, you can do this too if you just do it the right way. And a lot of that's still true, but what are we going to remember about? Oh, yeah, by the way, they were cheating the entire way through that as well. (laughs) Exactly. And now this, now this. We're going to say we want you to pay for and watch on television and whatever, 162 games, and then after 162 games, we're going to take most of what you just watched and do this. Yeah. 
And now it's going to become a pitching matchup of who can win two best of three series. They, they can't get out of their own way here. No, and, and half of these 14 teams are just going to be lackluster, mediocre right. teams that have no business being in playoffs. It's supposed to be the best team. And that's one thing you brought up, the NHL. But there's so much parity in the NHL. We've seen the eighth seed win the cup. We've seen the eighth seed. Yeah, we've seen the eighth seed advance to the conference finals. We've seen the seventh seed knock off the two seed. It doesn't happen in baseball. Right. It it, it just doesn't, and it's not going to. I mean, you see NBA is a great example. That eight seed, why do they even play these games? They should just take two. Yeah, it's ridiculous. (laughs) The thing with hockey is, look, it it can be a punchline into a non-fan or a real casual fan that makes sense. Well, what's the point of all this? Everybody makes the playoffs anyhow. My thing with that is it's part of the history of the game. It's what the NHL is. All you have to do is play these 82 games, finish in the top half. The NHL as a product doesn't even seem interested. Certainly us as consumers, but the NHL as an entity doesn't seem interested in anything that happens until April either. This is what we do. This is who the NHL is. Conversely, Major League Baseball, like we've said a couple of times, who they are is we play every day for seven months, and we determine two people in each league, right. then four people in each league, then five people in each league, and now they want to go to seven people in each No, you play 162 games. That is your culture. You could do this. You could play half your league, play seven-game series, cut your league down to 82 games or 81 games, whatever that would be, start your playoffs in August. I might buy in for that. I mean, I don't give right. a crap about baseball much as it is right now. Not but, the way uh, it is, no. But as it sits now, you can't just say, all right, then we're going to take the successful model of the NHL and their 100 years of history doing this, and we're just going to plop it in November in Boston when the snow's blowing sideways and it's 8 degrees, and we're going to do That's stupid. You can't have it both ways. Right. I look, everything, it's all about the money, right? Everything's just a revenue grab. But this is the most obvious insulting money grab I've and, seen in a long time. And, and we do so much bashing of the NFL with their inconsistent rulings and refereeing and, and, and this kind of things, um, you know, um, infraction enforcement, how it's different for this guy over somebody else. But going back to the Astros, we have Pete Rose banned for life. He gambled after he played, okay? I, I get why he's banned. He gambled on the game, and you're not allowed to do that. But that's when he was a manager, yet he's still banned as a player. They're keeping Bonds, McGuire, and, and some of these other guys. Well, we talked about it last week. You're keeping Ro- Kurt Schilling out just because of his Schilling. politics. Right. Roger Clemens is another good example. Um, they're keeping up because of this. And now, with this Houston Astro thing coming, the players are unscathed. Right. Why are these guys punished for life? I mean, you know, you can make the same case. Well, the management let them take steroids. Right? Yeah. Right? Certainly. Sure. They didn't do anything to stop it. No, exactly. But, no, all of a sudden now with the baseball's integrity, we're going to slam this this team. We're going to slam the managers. The players, yeah, go on about your business. Right. Make your millions of dollars and just don't do it anymore. I mean, it's ludicrous. It is a – it's an turned into a clown show it, as it, far it, as I'm concerned. And then this just piles. And, and listen to us. We are getting so worked up and it's – 
It's just sports. Yeah, it really is. Just it really sports. is. And we're on the Twelve Ounce Sports Network. I'm Rick Briggs. This is my partner, Rick Fligger. Indeed. Did you see? Speaking of that, before we move off that, I want to talk about the XFL. Here. Before you do that, if you got any comments on what we just talked about, send drop us a line: asylumfootball at gmail dot com or it's just sports one two three no apostrophe in the it's at gmail dot com as well. Oh, we have a it's just sports yeah. Gmail now. I'll be darned. When that happen? Drop us a line. I told you two or three weeks ago but oh, did you, you? Know, you're mr you know you've been busy i'm, very I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm cutting your break you've been busy i'm very self-involved you know and i think you need to start like eating spinach or taking iron supplements or whatever because i notice your house is very hot now and, you, and you've been telling me like the last two three weeks how cold you are it's hot in here oh yeah mm-hmm. and, and you're sitting there with long sleeve shirts on and, and you're not a bit warm are you no, I'm yeah, actually my exactly. feet are cold. I, I think you need to take an iron supplement. I don't like. I like spinach in wedding soup. Does that count? Yeah, spinach or spinach. Good. You and Tanelli get along just well. <laughs> wedding my soup. raspberry vinaigrette. But anyhow, before we move off this Astros, did you see this thing? Uh, I think it was a former uh, Toronto pitcher, Mike Bolsinger. I wasn't aware of Mister Bolsinger's oeuvre until earlier today. But anyhow, he's actually suing the Astros. For the sign stealing, apparently during the year that was happening, he got called up from the minors, one outing, he gives up four runs, four hits, and three walks. And there's actually an interview with him right after. He said, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. It's like they knew every pitch that was coming. He got demoted right after that game and never made it back to the majors. Now he's suing the Astros. So this is certainly going to get thrown out, but I think it brings the point of how big a deal this is and how, to kind of to your point, in the players getting off unscathed, how enriched they became, right? The Jose out Tuves, these guys who have George Springer's, these guys who have become stars, who benefited from this, and the kind of people it could affect. Look, this is a stupid lawsuit because yeah, he got demoted based on that game, but then he had, I assume, many more years in AAA. He could have got back, right? So I think this should be thrown out, but it really shows the absurdity and what right. this does. This isn't just about wins and loss. I don't care. Vacate the World Series. Everybody's screaming that. Shut up. What what does that mean? All the fans still have the T-shirts. Still watch. The game still enjoyed it. That means nothing. I'm saying when they take away you, when a coach cheats you, when John Calipari every three years has one taken away from him. What's that mean? That's junk. Get that out of here. But this is what it does do. There are probably other pitchers, other this Mr. Bolsinger probably isn't going to be the only one trying to get some relief on this thing. You cost me my career. Yeah. It's it. It's not done shaking out, and it's it's going to get uglier as it goes, especially if this progresses a little bit. You're going to see some more people coming out of the woodwork, and it, it could turn into an avalanche of frivolous lawsuits yeah, as well. And, the, and I think they should all get thrown out. You know, in in, in perspective, we look there's an article. You know, very very quickly on, on CBS, um, Boston. Choosing payroll over winning, you know, because they they dealt Mookie bets and so forth. Their payroll is around two hundred seventeen million right now. Last year was north of two hundred forty million dollars, and they're saying they're being cheapskates. (laughs) Hey, Pittsburgh's rolling out forty grand, forty million. I mean, (laughs) that is the improprieties in baseball. No, the Yankees, the Sox. 
you know, the Dodgers, uh, you know, a few other ones. I, you know, um, St. Louis is always tough. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them is just, eh. Yeah. You know, might so, like you said, Miami may have a good team one year or two years. Right. And, and then they unload. Um, Baltimore's never good. Pittsburgh's never good. Cincinnati's never good. Um, Keep going. Um, Cincinnati's oh, spending some money this year. They'll be. They are spending some money. Um, it's it should be interesting, but do they have the pockets to compete? I don't think so. Not long term. You know what? And I could live with it. I don't like it, but I could live with it if I lived in a town that did what Minnesota does. You you started to mention Oakland. They, right. they do this. They get real down and work their way up, and then real down and work their way up. Pittsburgh's content just to stay way down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tampa Bay, they play in that absurd building, what it looks like the convention center with the low ceilings they play in. And Montreal, don't forget. Literally, there are more people at Applebee's on a Friday night than go to these games, and yet they're on an upswing and competing in the AL East. You know, yeah. And it, it, the bottom's going to fall out and they're going to be wretched for 10 years, but they'll build it back up. But yet Major League Baseball and the owners let this dope in Pittsburgh just say, I ain't even making an effort. You know, I got a team that just came out of a year we won the wild card game. We're going back to the wild card game. It's, you know, the trade deadline. We're a game and a half out of first place in the division, and I'm going to sell pieces. Right. <laughs> and they let this go on. It's pooey. All right, Mr. Flicker. Indeed. Did you happen to catch any XFL? A, a little bit. Truthfully, I forgot about it on Saturday. I, it was in my mind early on. I forgot about it Saturday. Heard a lot about it. Saw it on social media and on the four-letter network. So oh. made a point to catch some Sunday. To hear the four-letter network, it was the dawning of a new era. Oh, well, they, uh, they it, have the TV rights. Yeah, it was, it was so... So successful. And in, in context, the, the games on Saturday, I don't know what the average on Sundays pushed it to, but I know the games on Saturdays were over 17,000 mm-hmm. in attendance, um, under 18,000. To put that in perspective, everyone on opening day averaged less than what the Pittsburgh Pirates did last year. In home games. Right, right. Well, it's football. It was opening day. Yeah, but it's and f- football, but it's not football. Well, my point being is to hear them tout how successful this was, I, I'm very dubious to think that this thing's going to last very long. Um, the previous XL, just to let you know, XFL, excuse me, on its opening day, it had a share of 9.5, which, if you think about it, in, in contrast, the, the Nationals and Astros, was it Nationals and Astros World Series? Right. Only two of those games beat a 9.5. That was the first go around. Well, then that was that first one. Right. But, but well, this is the reboot that better than ever. XFL, but I'm not trying to bash it because I, I give anybody credit 
trying to, to, to throw something out there a little different. I got the rules here in case people aren't familiar. When you go over some of these touchdown yeah. rules and so forth, it's kind of interesting. But um, I just want to know what you thought about it. I, I'm still a little sketchy on it. Well, here, here's the thing. All right. So, so let, let's go to that point. I actually had that jotted down, you know, how successful week one of that first right. iteration of that was. If you remember, I remember. Now, I'd have been right in that age, that targeted demo at that time that came out, kind of the early 20s. And re- it was during the WWF Attitude Era. You know, I think it was still the WWF back then. I could be wrong. Probably, but. yeah. And so everybody 25 and under was watching that. It was a big deal. And so it was being sold in that regard, and it was going to be no more of this wimpy football, and it, it's going to be gladiator. And then every commercial had all the cheerleaders look like strippers, and there was pyro, and it yeah. was exciting, and it was fun. And it was just built for troglodyte, drunken 23-year-olds like I was at that time. And then you watched it in the pre- and, you know, Vince McMahon goes, this is the NFL, and strippers yeah. everywhere, and bombs going off, and man, this is awesome. And then they started playing football. <laughs> oh, yeah, this yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah. And so on, it went On the jerseys, he hate me. And right. So, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, it, it fit the time. It fit what the WWF slash WWE was at that time. But then the product ended up not being very good. So I think the long-term sustainability of the XFL depends on if people look at it like you just described. Look, 17,000 people isn't a lot for a pro football game. I grant you that. Three million viewers on average for the four games over the weekend in week one isn't a whole lot of viewers. That's an impressive number, but you're on Fox. You're on the main ESPN. You're on ABC. So those aren't big numbers. Here's the thing. It depends on what lens you're looking at it through. It depends on what your expectation. See, Vince McMahon didn't come in with all that this time. He now said, this is a legitimate football league. It's not a minor league to the NFL. You can't compare this to the NFL. This is just spring football. Right. This is what it is. If they can continue to maintain 15,000, because I'm sorry, even to say, you know, the Pirates outpace them as horrific as they is, as they is. That's yeah, pretty good grammar. As that there. is, I, I understand. That the, the clown show that goes on at PNC Park is big league sports. It's major professional sports. This is an alternative league. I don't even think you can view it in the context of a minor league, right? The, the NFL has the best and free minor league in the business, the NCAA football. And no one's ever going to mess with that. You can't compete with those two. So what I'm interested to find out going forward is, is there an appetite? Is is the appetite in the United States, as Vince McMahon and a lot of people think, and ESPN obviously thinks, for more football? We don't care what it is. We just want more football. Or is it for the NFL and college football? And, and that's what we're going to find out. The, the product still wasn't very good, and that's going to be the downfall of it. Well, but, but that's, that goes to looking through what lens you're going to look through. If, you, if you're going to look at it thinking, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch pro football, well, these are all guys that didn't make it in pro football, basically. Right. 
So if if you're expecting, you know, a, a game even like the Dolphins in the box, you're not going to get no, it. No, because the player's caliber is not there. But but I agree with it. If you go in with the expectation, I don't know, just to watch a football game or maybe to look at it as, well, maybe this is a chance for a guy that I liked a couple of years ago. Maybe he'll get his game back. Right. Or maybe he'll have another shot at the NFL. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think optics are a lot of it. So I, I went back and watched. I, I think they replayed on one of them that very first game that was in D.C. And they're playing in that. I think it's called Audi Field or it's some fancy car. But it's the pro soccer stadium in Washington, D.C. It holds 20,000 people. There were almost 18,000 people there. So it looked full. It was loud. Yeah. It was kind of exciting. Now, the team in New York was playing in MetLife. There was the same seventeen or 18,000 people there. It, it, it looked like throwing a rock into the freaking Grand Canyon. Yeah. So you almost, I think maybe that's the first lesson. If you can create almost a, a scarcity to this, a rarity to it. Look, if this was somewhere near me, if there was a team in Pittsburgh, and I could get in the door for 10 or 15 bucks, and it was pretty decent football, I think I'd follow it. Then, I, I really do. But it, I, th- I think it gets you, a cult following, like the minor league baseball team. Well, in the I small think town. you really hit on it. If if they were a little, I don't know. I would almost say smarter. Maybe they wouldn't have approached such big cities, like your St. Louis right. and so yeah. forth, and maybe went to. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Um, Maybe not. Maybe even Raleigh, something like right. um, uh, Charleston. Well, you know, something of that nature. And uh, you go out west. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some smaller cities. I'm not great at that. You know, Salt in, Lake City, put uh, one in Des Moines, Des Moines. Like yes, exactly. Because uh, I think there's something they got to learn. I think the AF learned this lesson, though. I don't think you can go to the South. All right. All they care about is the SEC and college football because they had that Birmingham team. And I remember the talk leading up to it is, oh, my God, we got a pro football team right. in Alabama. They're going to be crawling all over each other. No, no, no. It's, yeah. not, it's not Alabama. But you still can tap a Richmond. Something like that. Or, or right. something of that nature. But I think northeast, midwest, smaller, you know, mid-sized cities right. with a – 20,000-seat stadium of some type. You put them in there. Now it, it builds some scarcity. When you watch it on TV, again, it doesn't look like an intra-squad scrimmage in MetLife Stadium. Right. You know, I get wanting to be in the media centers for the TV, obviously, but I, I think it could be there. So it really just depends on what they want to be. I agree. And, and what they're trying. If you look at it, If you look at it through the lens of – the NFL, even the NCAA, or as a minor league to the NFL or to pro football. It's not that. But there is one thing that jumped off the page to me about this, and we knew this about football, but I think when you see it at this level, it really sticks out. You, Good Lord, I think the, the studio is falling apart falling here. Apart. But but one thing we have found loud and clear here is just how important the quarterback is to football. 
I think you get guys who are on the fringe NFL lineups who are playing in the XFL at running back, at wide. And look at some of the running backs you saw. Cameron Artis Payne. Going back to our fantasy days, yeah. how many times you listened to me tell you how Cameron Artis Payne was going to be the next coming of Walter Payton, <laughs> that it never worked out. I saw Christine Michael out there. You look at how the receivers matched up against the corners. That all looks the same, where it is so glaring is how bad the quarterback play was. Right. And it just grinds everything to a halt, and you were expecting to see some offense, and teams couldn't move the ball because the quarterback play is so horrific. That's a problem any secondary league for football is going to be because they can't find 32 legitimate NFL quarterbacks. Now to find eight more to go out and run offenses. Look, the difference between the guy playing middle linebacker, the average, you know, off the bench or low-end starter middle linebacker for an NFL team, there isn't a big chasm between him and the guy. There's a chasm, but not a huge one, and the guy doing it in the XFL. The difference in the quarterback play, that, now you if we get on TV, you can see I'm holding my big floppy arms as far out as possible. That's where it falls, and it makes it a bad product. I agree. That was my big takeaway on it. I agree 100%. I don't know how much time we have, but I came across an interesting story, Oh, if you want right. to hear that. I do. All right. I mean, this isn't sports-related. So if you have a sports topic when we're done, yeah, we'll, we'll we jump right in. We back, but we but don't I, leave I, enough time for these oddities. But, but there's a 38-year-old uh, woman. She was suffering from nausea, vomiting, and an extremely swollen abdomen when she arrived at the hospital. She had suffered dramatic weight loss, losing 15 pounds over the previous eight months after she lost her appetite. Boy, I wish I could get that just for a month, whatever it was. Well, you know, the unnamed woman was rushed into surgery where a giant hairball was found lodged in her digestive tract with a small tail of hair trailing into her intestines and a second (laughs) four-centimeter hairball nestled deeper in her bowels. She was found to be suffering from the rare Rapunzel syndrome, which, which has only ever been documented 88 times in medical literature. Well, there's enough times to get it a cool name, anyhow. Yeah, really. Um, the large hairball, measuring 15 by 10 centimeters, was removed from the woman's stomach. It's... um. What it's called technically, is, you know, Rapunzel syndrome, they have this big long name that I can't even pronounce. But what it is, it's someone who's addicted to pulling out their and eating their hair. <laughs> so, so, so does she have any hair on her head? I don't know. It was She was an unnamed woman. They didn't oh. publish her picture for crying well, out loud. Sure. Does she have big patches missing? I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously someone would, uh, you know, recognize her if they... Posted a picture, but she had, they did emergency surgery on her and, um, you know, it, it, typical symptoms include nausea, vomiting and, uh, abdominal distension and weight loss. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, you're all plugged up airtight I mean, full I of just, hair. What are you going to do? She was also treated for malnutrition and was advised to eat food high in protein, such as eggs, chicken, and a daily iron supplement. 
So go figure. Well, wouldn't hair have a lot of uh, protein in it? It doesn't digest, hence oh. the hairball. Well, that's true. It just sort of hangs out in there. But I just thought that was weird. It had nothing to do with sports. How do you that... go to work and explain that? Hey, I, I need a couple weeks off. I got to have a uh, procedure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, what's the procedure? Well, well I got to get a hairball <laughs> removed. How does that conversation go? I don't know. All right. I don't, I don't know how you treat I'm a cat. I don't know. I... But we got, I don't know, about 10 minutes left, Rick. Can I just ask a question? Let's do some quick hitter NFL I would stuff. love to. When did Taysom Hill become Joe Montana? Have you followed well, on, this on out Twitter in Twitter about sphere? two or three days ago? This is unbelievable. Well, it's, it's just people trying to generate clicks and, and get um, people f- pulling their hair out with anger but not eating it. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't eat yeah, it. No. There's <laughs> the lesson It'll learned. bind you up there. But That'd be a good show title, Don't Eat It. Yeah. That's a good one. He's I'm 30 years down. old. And nobody have heard of this guy. He hasn't had 20 pass until attempts this, in the NFL. Until this past year. No one heard of him. And he's 30 years old. And now, because he says he could be a franchise quarterback, obviously it's gospel. So <laughs> There are people, at least pretending to clamor online, that you should force Drew Brees out. and yeah. hand this. I'd give it to Teddy Bridgewater before I gave well, it to this joke. They were undefeated with Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Lost one, whatever it was. You know, I agree. I mean, I... Yeah, he's a nice little gimmick piece. Right. And he's probably a great athlete. He's in the NFL. He's obviously a great athlete. But to say he's a franchise quarterback just because he says so and a couple of people on Twitter think so is ludicrous. I just don't I don't know what any I don't even know what Taysom Hill's basing this on. Look, he should say I'm coming up on free agency. I think I can be a starting quarterback. He should say that. So fine. Actually, I'm going to stop where I was. Going I to would go like with that. to yeah. be a franchise. No, he can even demand it. That's fine. I always defend guys. Bet on yourself. That's fine. But for anybody to look at that and say, "Yes, I've seen enough from Taysom Hill to to take up this argument," not only do I agree he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL, which sounds kind of dumb, but maybe maybe it's not. Maybe he could be. Over but who? to say, let's shove Drew what Brees team? out of I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, that's my point. He, I mean, could have, he could have played for the Steelers last year. I mean, there's – Temporarily, there's sure. I, right. I mean, we don't really know who he is. But if he – it's just maddening. I can't, I can't wrap my feeble brain around where all this nonsense has come from. I, I, it's craziness. It is, and I mean, it, it's gotten, and you can tell football is over because if you, if you spend any time on Twitter, everyone's losing their mind. I mean, what else is popular? Some guy standing a broom up on its bristles by itself. What, and all, what was that? All of a sudden, it was something to do with NASA, some stupid Twitter out, tweet out there, and of course, it was totally false. And people started standing their brooms up in their kitchen and, and kitchen and showing it on Twitter, saying, "No, it's nothing to do with space. Everybody can do that." It people are bored. Maybe this XFL will take off. I don't know. It's just so people quit playing with brooms and arguing about <laughs> Taysom Hill. Exactly. I, I, you know, I mean, people. During the football season, argue over Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Right now, yeah. we're talking about Taysom Hill being a franchise quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably could have been better than Duck Hodges was for the Steelers last year, or Ryan Finley for the Bengals. Right, but to say that he's a franchise quarterback at thirty and he's thrown what twenty passes? Twenty passes in his career. Yeah, it'll be. It's a little different, and guys find this out even going from college 
to the pros. So many guys find this out, which is why you know guys like Lamar Jackson, kind of these early on run first guys, become the exception, not the rule. Not the rule. You know, Cordell Stewart's a perfect example when he played for the Steelers back in the 90s. When he was slash and he would come in on certain plays behind Neil O'Donnell and everything would be amazing. And then when it became his job and now the defenses are all, you know, studying what you do for an entire week and right. it doesn't work. And, and I'd argue Hill made some nice plays late in this season. But if anything, I think he's been a hindrance to the – I've screamed at the Saints and. Peyton needs to stop doing that. You'll get that offense rolling and chugging along, and they'll get inside the 20, and they'll run some dumb gimmick to Taysom Hill and grind everything to a freaking halt. You've got Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Sit that joker down. Enough of him. He looks like an accountant anyhow. Sit him down. (laughs) But but now all this. Real quick, Phillip Rivers, Rick, officially a free agent. Does he play again this year? Does he start this year? I think, look, I, I... was on Twitter talking to to one of the sports guys on there. He moved to Florida for a reason. I think he knows where he's going. I think uh, he's going to be a Buccaneer this year. And do we really think the Bucks aren't going to sign Jameis Winston? I'm not saying they're not going to sign him, but I don't think Philip Rivers is going to sign to back up. Or do you think he would? I don't think he said. Obviously, he's going to say, I want to be. Right. I don't think he will be back someone's going to guarantee him that starting job. Sure. And, and, you know, I mean, there's – I mean, my God, there's Jacksonville in Florida and there's Miami in Florida as well. I mean, you know, we we have all these teams. Yeah, maybe Jacksonville. I didn't think about Jacksonville. It's it's very possible. But but I assume that he moved to Florida for a reason. Not, Not just because he wanted to play for Detroit. I mean, well, that, that's no, just that, my, that's, that's just my, well, I mean, he's got like a million kids. I mean, if you're uprooting your family yeah. and yeah. moving, I mean. And I, moving from San Diego of all Exactly. Places. Exactly. So, I mean, that's just, I have no clue, but that's just my gut feeling that somewhere in Florida he'll be playing. I, I just got the, the Tampa thing bothers me. I don't. I've got a thing. Jacksonville makes much more sense yeah, to me. Yeah. There's more. There's he's got weapons. The quarterbacks stink. And why not? I know Bruce Arians doesn't seem to like him, but boy, I I would. I maybe maybe it's a fantasy thing. I'm so high on Jameis Winston. I think there's 12 teams in the league that should crawl over broken glass to get a hold of him, just because you can make things happen with him. You make awful things happen too. Well, that's the thing. But I mean, let's look at Phil Rivers the last couple of years. Well, he's been awful. He's, he's been terrible. Yeah. And, and is there going to be this clamoring for Phil Rivers? He's 38 years old. Um. He's been great, but he's won nothing. Exactly. Nothing. I, exactly. And we've seen the clown. Oh, the, the Giants would have won four Super Bowls if they had Rivers instead of Eli. No, no they wouldn't have. No. no, they wouldn't have. No, because San Diego had better teams. Yes, they than did. Some of those New York teams, and Phillip Rivers didn't win with them. It's. I love the kid. I always rooted for him. I don't know why. I always had an affinity for him. But he he couldn't find a way to get it done. He couldn't go into Pittsburgh. He couldn't go into New England. You know, there's play. He couldn't go and he win was a war horse. I mean, I'll give oh, him that. Absolutely, um, he a played great quarterback. Played what the win. divisional the divisional playoff with with a torn ACL, right? Yeah. You know, and 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 played fairly well. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but I 
to say that he'd have won four with those Giants teams, no chance. little Steelers homerism. I pray Bruce Arians wants to let Jameis Winston go. I know they wouldn't do it and probably couldn't do it with a salary cap. If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I sign Jameis Winston right now. He would fit perfectly into that kind of freewheeling offense they want to play. Suck one more year out of Ben Roethlisberger. If he stinks four games into this year, you make the switch. Otherwise, you give him one more year. And I don't think that franchise misses a beat. And after 2019, I dare say that – Seeing Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, them out of Pittsburgh, and and what Mike Tomlin did with this team without Ben Roethlisberger, without James Conner, without Juju Smith-Schuster, and they were still an eight-game win, I'll tell you what, he'd do wonders with Jameis Winston. I really believe that. No doubt about it. And when you have a defense that can overcome mistakes, and make no mistake to say mistake way too many times, Ben Roethlisberger turns the ball over a lot too. So, boy, I think it'd be a perfect And he's the same age as Phil Rivers. Exactly. All right, well, we are out of time. Day late, dollar short, but I think it was worth the wait. So, again, you're welcome. So, thanks so much for joining us. Check out everything over at 12 Ounce Sports on the Twitters, 12OunceSports.com. You better believe it. And it's just sports. That's all I can say. Don't get so excited about it because it's just sports. We're Fligger and Briggs. We're glad you joined us. And, uh, you know, drop us a line, asylumfootball at gmail.com or it's just sports123 at gmail.com. At Asylum Football on the tweeters. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care.